Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What is going on? I am back here for another episode of Let It Grow Investing. And uh, we've had some uh, some positivity in the market. Uh, we've seen a little bit of green. We've also seen some uh, some sell-offs and some tech names on Monday after uh, we had some different announcements come out. But uh, first and foremost, I, I'm just uh, getting finished up with some work that I had going on over here. Had uh, you know, sometimes as a small business owner, you kind of get pulled through the ringer, and uh, that's how it was for me this Monday. I went uh, do a little job. And I uh, had a problem with my skid loader. And uh, ultimately, I wasn't able to get the job done because a, a hydraulic line blew. So I tore that apart. And uh, I'm guessing I'm the only other podcaster that's uh, fixing skid loaders and talking finance. But that's just a guess. Uh, so yeah, I had to rip that apart. Couldn't get the job done on Monday. Uh, ended up getting it all torn down and getting a new part cost way more than I thought it was going to for one hose it was close to 600 bucks for one hose. So I was out of the job, out of the the, the money from uh, buying the part and out of the time from spending a, a solid day after trying to figure out what uh, what it was, how to get it out and all. So and not a not a cat problem, not a not a problem with, you know, business or anything, just uh, one of those hurdles you got to jump through and sometimes as small business owners we have to take the good with the bad. And uh, I think a lot of people starting out um, both in business and in the stock market don't really understand that, you know, you're going to have these good days. And then you've also got a plan for uh, inevitably what is going to be a bad day or a bad week, month, year. Uh, and and pretty much that's kind of my point there is I, I didn't get it uh, um, to do the job right away. And, you know, now that it's fixed, you know, we're back to work. So that's good. And, uh, you know, the market's kind of coming back with us, too. But uh, on Monday, we did start off very uh, strong. I think the Dow was up uh, about a percent and a quarter percent and a half. And then we we had a sharp sell off. And that was on some Apple news that they said they are going to be slowing their hiring and slowing their uh, their spending on their teams. Now, we kind of already knew this. I alluded to this in, uh, I don't know, it was probably about a month ago when I said, you know, I'm really waiting for these Apple numbers to come in. I think that PE is still too high. I wasn't buying it. I was kind of waiting. And, um, you know, I think I'm still waiting. I really want to see some of these numbers uh, in the next earnings report from Apple and from some other companies that are going to be reporting here soon, pretty much telling us what's going on, what they're expecting and uh, where we can go from here. So we, we've seen that in uh, some other companies well, as well. We even saw that uh, Google memo uh, last week saying that they are slowing hiring. We saw it uh, in, I believe Microsoft said the same thing. Amazon is obviously overhired. They're laying off workers. And, um, you know, actually now today, Apple's back up uh, about 2.2%. But um, PE is still about 24. So still a bit high for me. So just be mindful that uh, some of these earnings reports, you know, might look strong, but I still think there's going to be some announcements of uh, slowing growth and possibly some more layoffs, things like that going down. 
Uh, speaking of slowing growth, we've got Netflix that is going to be reporting tonight. And uh, I do believe that one is going to be uh, a, a little tumultuous as well. Uh, currently, they're up 4.6%. And uh, said their, their churn was volatile in second quarter, but began to normalize. Um, and when do they, they do report today? And I believe that they were scheduled to lose about another 2 million um, users. So that uh, is definitely going to be hard. And uh, it looks like they're going to plan to charge an extra $3, uh, $3 extra for cross-home streaming. Uh, that's in Latin America. And if it's successful, we could also see that, you know, go uh, to other markets as well. So they've uh, kind of backed into a corner. We're really going to see what they do. Uh, their PE is trading uh, very low comparative to where it has been. Uh, they are trading at an 18.2. And uh, one that I still don't know that I want to jump into until we get some more clarification as to what their plans are for future growth and uh, really how they're going to monetize going forward. Are they going to buy another company? Are they going to charge more? Um, you know, for those people that are password sharing, are they going to lock that out? If you're on a different uh, Wi-Fi address or uh, however they're going to do it, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. But um, yeah, I really don't know that I want to just jump into a stock like Netflix right now when there are such other uh, strong companies that have a bright future. Not saying Netflix doesn't have a bright future, but there's other opportunities right now that look a lot more attractive to me. Uh, and then we had, uh, there's an air show at, what was it, Farnborough Air Show. And uh, Boeing is actually doing some some cleaning up uh, at this air show. Yeah, Farnborough International Air Show. And Delta went ahead and bought uh, 100 planes, 100 Boeing 737. Uh, what was it? The V VMAX jets. And uh, that's their first major order in more than a decade. So that is a massive order, a big show of confidence out of Delta. Uh, Delta saying that their earnings are up uh, double digits over where they were in 2019. I still think they have a large hole to climb out of. I do think that uh, a lot of people, a lot of consumers are spending on travel. It, it looks like they're, the consumer is still, still strong in that area where they are really looking to get out and experience some different things. And uh, Delta is certainly trying to cash in on that. They certainly have had problems with uh, getting planes and pilots into place. And I think right now they're trying to get those planes back online and get enough uh, people to where they need to go. And they were even doing something like paying $10,000 if you missed a flight to bump you off the flight, which, I mean, I probably would have been standing there with my hand up, pick me, but... Um, you know, obviously people want to get to where they're trying to go on vacation. So it certainly makes it tough. And uh, we'll, we'll ultimately see where, see where this goes. But for me, um, airlines are definitely a tough one to get into. When things are perfect, they generally don't make that much money. They're a smaller margin type business. And then, you know, we have a, an event like a pandemic or a shutdown or, you know, several different things where Boeing planes have crashed we see the whole industry uh, sell off or the stock price sell off. So it's been one that is definitely hard to be in. Uh, I was in Delta. I was in Boeing for a long time. I closed those positions. And, uh, you know, as I said, Boeing has got uh, some management problems where they try to hide some of these 
problems that they were having with the the Max Jets. Uh, hopefully they got it all sorted out now. But for me, um, I'm going to stay out of it until things look a little bit cleaner. And even at that, I might I might just kind of stay away from it. And that's not to say that it can't be a good company or not be a good stock. But uh, uh, I feel like until some of those uh, problems that they had get sorted out, it's just not that one that I want to uh, try to invest in. Uh, and it is doing good today. Uh, I know we were up. Let's take a look here. Yeah, up about 5.3% today on some of this news. But uh, Boeing also sold um, some 787 Dreamliners to uh, uh, aircraft lesser. And how they sold five of them there. And then they sold up to 66 from 777 Partners, which is going to be, what was it? A investment firm behind a number of low-cost carriers around the world. So um, they're going to be the ones that are, you know, giving these planes to some of the low cost um, airlines. So that being said, I think Boeing has uh, definitely seen some some growth here. It's certainly something that they needed. It's been uh, it's been rocky, and ever since they cut the dividend, that was also painful as well. That was one of the reasons I had got into it. Uh, you know, back in the three hundreds, it went up to four something, and uh, then we crashed down to what the eighties in uh, in the pandemic, something like that. I bought more in the 80s. And then when I got above my cost basis, I just dumped it. I just got out of it completely. They are still at a negative EPS down $8.30 a share. So there's no PE on this one. And that is uh, definitely worrisome for a, a large stock like Boeing that really isn't in growth mode. Sometimes when you're in a growth stock and there's no positive earnings, we understand it. But on a company like Boeing, it's, it's certainly uh, hard to bear. And it's just one that I didn't want to really get into. But uh, analysts seem to think that there is about 38% of upside. Uh, but I see 38% of upside in a lot of different stocks that I would rather be in. So it's just one that does not work for me. It, it might work for you. And uh, I mean, it's probably at a good buy point. And you've got a lot of orders coming up. I mean, right here we have, what, 100 and possibly 71 new planes that they're selling. So, I mean, that's definitely great. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can, you know, get out of the uh, the hole that they've kind of dug themselves. And then they had the pandemic problems and all as well. But uh, all that being said, airlines and uh, are, are a little bit tough to play. But uh, then I was looking over at the, the S&P 500, just the market index here. Let's see if I can pull this back up. I had a chart where I was looking at the... Uh, the 20 day moving average, simple moving average, the 50 day, and then the 200 day. Now we know, or if you have been here for a while, we know that uh, when that 50 day drops below that 200 day, we're going to see some problems. We're going to see a lot of selling. It's called a death cross. Now, when your 50 day comes back above that 200 day, that's going to be a golden cross. That's a good sign. Things are moving up. The whole market's moving up. Uh, relative to where it has been over the previous 200 days, the 50-day moving average is higher. That's a good sign. Now, we are still negative on that, uh, the 50-day to the 200-day, uh, you know, by a margin of uh, 500 points roughly. But now when I'm looking at the 2 or the 20-day, the 20-day versus the 50-day, we are closing that gap. We had crossed that line back in May, and now... 
it looks like the 20 day wants to get uh, closer to where that 50 day is. And uh, if things keep going green like they have been, uh, actually, when I'm looking on the five day, we crossed on Friday. Uh, this is a shorter timeline, though. I don't really like this chart. And then we uh, ultimately we are above it on the five day, but I don't really like this chart. So uh, but on the one month, we are still not above it. So I do think that they're getting closer, that uh, that gap is narrowing. And you can also oftentimes see false positives when you are looking at the 20 to the 50 day moving average versus the 50 to the 200. Uh, so that the 20 day will bounce above and below. And it's not always a buy sign. But uh, when you look at some other indicators, like uh, which one was it that I was looking at? The, the money flow showed that we were in oversold territory. We were kind of coming up right above that into that neutral territory. And it looked like more money was coming into the market. So definitely a good sign. Definitely going to, uh, if they people get that money to play, and it looks like they have been over the last couple of days. Uh, as I said last week, we had the CPI, PPI that brought us down. But ultimately, we closed the market neutral or positive or mixed in positive. And then we had that, you know, that negative news yesterday on Apple or on Monday, rather, uh, from Apple saying that they were slowing. We kind of already knew that uh, there's a lot of recession talk. We, we kind of planned for these type of events to happen. We had sold off. But uh, I mean, I remain positive for the day, which is is great for me anyhow. And then on Tuesday, we are up. Um, let's take a look here. I will take a look at the, the overall market. And uh, Dow is up 2%, uh, percent, 639 points. NASDAQ's up 2.83% for 321 points. And the S&P is up 2.43%. So we're definitely seeing money coming back in. Uh, I think a lot of people are um, kind of thinking we're we're in a safe spot to at least get uh, get some money in, and um, you know we we still might have some negative days. We might see uh, you know unemployment actually come up, as uh, you know last time we had a decent number, but it is a previous looking metric when we're looking at unemployment. So you'll see that number um, more in real time. Or, you know, the, the next read might give us a little bit better idea as to whether unemployment is going to stay low or if we're going to have a creep up and then the market could panic on some of that news as well, uh, especially if that's coupled with uh, a bad recession read or a bad GDP read. We could certainly see the market sell off. Overall, I'm, I'm kind of neutral. I'm not thinking that we're going to rocket to the moon. I'm, I'm more, uh, you know, modest with my my immediate outlook. I do think that we're going to still have some time in order to do some buying. And uh, I think a lot of people will sell off on these these sharp rallies of two, three percent. That's just how we're going to be right now. But uh, I do think we are much closer to a bottom than what we have been. So take that in uh, in mind that you might want to uh, get some money in for just in your accounts to, and be ready for any type of possible uh, recession talks or unemployment reads that don't look great could be a good time to uh, ultimately get some cash in to the market and uh, buy up some of those dips and know that we are already down, what, 20, 25%, depending where you're looking on the year. And uh, ultimately, I don't know how much more we have down. So we, we start getting a little bit of good news. And uh, I think we could uh, certainly see a pop, certainly in a few stocks. 
Some, like I said, haven't uh, really bottomed, but some I do think are getting a lot closer. But with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. We're going to uh, finish up strong and cover some different uh, names that I'm looking at. And also, uh, we're going to go over the investing challenge and what I am seeing out there. So stick around. All right, we are back here. So if you are looking to get started uh, with an account of your own, or if you got some side money, you're looking to get started uh, in either crypto or in stocks, uh, I've got some links in the description to help get you started uh, for crypto.com, for Webull, where you can do fractional shares. Uh, we're doing the 2022 investing challenge over there. And uh, also for E-Trade and Binance. So uh, you can get some free shares or some cash back or, you know, extra cash for how much you deposit at uh, some of those different links. So uh, check them out for the introductory offer. And uh, hopefully that helps get you going. And if you are getting a good value out of this podcast, if you can go ahead and share it to some other uh, friends of yours or people who are interested in investing, that would mean the world to me. We are trying to build out a uh, community of like-minded investors. And uh, that's over there on the Facebook group for Let It Grow Investing. So just go ahead and join up and I will get you let into the group. And we're going to try to say, share some uh, up-to-date uh, news on that uh, platform as well. So sometimes it's a little bit quicker that way. And uh, if you're really getting good value and you want to help out over here, uh, you can go to anchor.fm slash let it grow, where you can contribute for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, with that being said, We'll get right back into it. So I did not uh, forget about Qualcomm. And uh, that one, I know that I said that uh, Apple was down and Qualcomm kind of went right along with it. And that's because, you know, Qualcomm has been making the iPhone chips and they just got their, uh, I, I don't even know if it's a contract, but they got uh, the continuation when Apple couldn't make their own 5G chips. They ran out of time. Their handset uh, devices needed the Qualcomm, Qualcomm chips. So they got traded down yesterday on that news of Apple slowing. But uh, ultimately today, they are right back up. And this is one that I said at uh, 130, uh, it was too cheap, right? The uh, the PE back then was about uh, 12 and a half, I believe it was. Now we are trading at 14 and a half times earnings. Still cheap in my mind. And uh, today it's at uh, 148. We are up about four and a half percent on the day on Qualcomm, so uh, pretty strong showing over the over the last month. We were down in that uh, one twenty range on the twenty third of June, and we're up about twenty twenty eight bucks here in uh, just about a month. So uh, definitely a, a pretty good rally. I really had a strong feeling that it was going to do that, and anytime uh, Qualcomm gets down into that twelve times PE, it is just too cheap. Uh, so ultimately, I know I was buying some back then. If you were listening and if you thought that was a good pick, uh, hopefully you got in at that price also. I think it will uh, continue. I, re I really do, especially if uh, the iPhone sales are just going to decline. That's 8%, I believe it was, that they said year over year. Um, I still think that Qualcomm has a long way to go. Uh, for the one, the standpoint that they did not have this uh, chip business with Apple guaranteed, they have been spreading out their product lines into a bunch of different things, automotive, AI, uh, you know, the list goes on. And uh, yeah, I mean, analysts still agree with me, 29% upside for an average price target of 191. Um, so I, I personally, I'd rather be in a company like Qualcomm or some of these other chip makers 
um, compared to Boeing. M- maybe that's not a direct uh, replacement for Boeing. You might be looking for Lockheed or uh, Raytheon or you know any other aerospace defense type name. But uh, this is just one that I'd rather be in for the position versus Boeing. Um, so yeah, that's one that I am still looking at. Uh, I did notice that BX uh, Blackstone, uh, they had crept over a 5% dividend. And I had said on this one that anytime they get into that lower 90s, I wanted to buy. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have any extra cash to throw into Blackstone. Uh, when I did see that dividend get down or get up to that 5% range, and uh, just on the 14th of July, we dropped sub 90. We dropped to about 89.60. And uh, would have been a great time to buy it. Still with a PE of 12.6. So I still think it is cheap at 98 and uh, some change, 98.75 right now. We're up 6% on the day. So I do think that this one will kind of stabilize. It'll probably come down before it really breaks over that 100 mark. Uh, and if you could buy it, uh, or if, I, I should say, if I can buy it under 95, I think that's a good value. And uh, a good private equity firm that uh, has a lot of assets under management and they're steadily growing and uh, management's been doing pretty good over there as well. Uh, Cummins CMI came out with a uh, decent quarter and a uh, dividend raise. Uh, Their dividend, they raised it another 8.3%. So if you think that, uh, you know, the diesel business uh, has got another uh, leg to go, uh, I do believe Cummins is working on some electric um, motors for uh, larger applications as well. Their PE is at a 14.7. You're going to get a 3.2% dividend out of that. Uh, and that's that should be including the, the raise that they just did. So they've got about a 16.7% upside. Uh, and so their, their target price is up uh, about $34 from where they are right now at 203. Target price is 237. Um, Ethereum. Last time I told you we are up about 25% on the month. And now I look and we are up 52% on the month, just a few days later. And even when I was recording Sunday uh, for Monday's show, uh, I looked later that night and we were up another 9%. And now we're up yet again. We are, where are we? 1560, I believe it was. I looked, I wrote down the, the gain, but I didn't write down the uh, the actual price of ETH. So let's get back to that. Uh, 1585. So we are seeing some definite solid movements out of Ethereum with that, uh, that test net merger, uh, being, uh, approved. And then they're going to go to proof of stake and that merger is going to happen, I believe in September. So a lot of positivity there. We've been going through all types of problems with crypto and a lot of the bankruptcies and people pulling, uh, their coins into private wallets and not keeping them on a, uh, a brokerage, I know with Voyager, Celsius, um, you know, some of those having some major problems and you can't get your cash out. Uh, hopefully FTX is going to save the day a little bit, but they can only do so much. And I know there's some of them that they don't want to touch. So keeping them in a cold wallet can be a, uh, a safe alternative. You're not going to get your staking rewards that you could get keeping them on a brokerage, but uh, certainly going to be um, nice to actually have your coins and they're going to be yours. Uh, and then Bitcoin is going to be up about 18.6% month over month. So ETH is winning that race uh, more so on this uh, merger. Uh, I think that's probably the bigger news there. And uh, then swapping back over to stocks, 
uh, GM General Motors launched their EV uh, Blazer. They've got the RS and then they've got the more uh, racy SS. I think both of them are going to be zero to 60 in about four seconds. Um, so they're kind of comparing it to the Model Y. The Model Y is a bit quicker in the performance trim, but uh, otherwise uh, I do think that the, the Blazer is going to come in at a lesser of a price. Uh, so we'll see how that actually unfolds and if that's going to be a, a direct competitor to Tesla's Model Y. And then when we look over at uh, the Elon Musk Twitter trial, that just got approved for October. They The judge granted them a five-day trial to try to figure out what we're going to be doing with Elon buying Twitter. And, uh, you know, he was set to buy them at $54.20 a share. And uh, currently... Twitter is up 3.2% on the day, but they are trading at 39.66. A lot of people seem to think that Twitter has the upper hand right now. And uh, if you agree, that could certainly be a nice trade for you from a, you know, that, that gap there of 39.60 to the sales price of 54.20. So we'll ultimately see if that goes through or if, you know, Musk can kind of weasel his way out of actually buying it or buying it for a lesser amount. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. But both Twitter and Tesla are up today. Uh, Twitter's up a bit more, but uh, Tesla's up 1.95% uh, at 7.35 as I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, and then that being said, we've got uh, the, the 2022 Investing Challenge uh, where I am putting in $200 every Monday, or if the market's closed, I'll be buying Tuesdays for the, uh, the duration of the year to try to dollar cost average into a portfolio over the course of the year. And, uh, you know, I'll have a little bit over 10,000 invested. Uh, just on Sunday, we were down about 19 and a half percent. And uh, the market's been kind of rewarding us here, especially in some of the growth names that we're in. And then I know we bought Ethereum in that account twice. Uh, so that one has been down pretty substantially. But uh, with this 50% move in a month, it is certainly coming back up. So that's definitely nice to see. So where are we today? Um, we have cut our losses pretty substantially. We are down 13% now. So about a 6.5% move uh, in two days. So I will certainly take that. We are up 3% on the day in this account. So thank you guys for going over there to the uh, Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. And getting your votes in, it means a lot to me that uh, you guys are uh, interacting with the group and ultimately we're, we're trying to make some moves together. Uh, so for this week, for week 30, uh, somehow we're already at week 30 of 2022. I'm not too sure how that happened. But uh, we've got five names. I've always got five names. That's what we do. Uh, so we've got uh, Abbott Labs. We've got Target. We've got Caterpillar, which uh, after me spending money on cat parts, uh, I know that they're making money over there. Uh, we've got CrowdStrike. We've got SoFi. And last I looked, SoFi was in the lead, believe it or not. Uh, so Abbott Labs, I put them in there for the um, the baby formula shortage and their voluntary uh, recall of Similac and Famil, um, some of their different products that they carry, some of their different lines. And I think that that one had sold off a little bit too much and they will be rewarded going forward. It's just been rocky right now for them. Similar with Target. They had those inventory problems. They ordered too much, ordered too much of stuff that they couldn't sell. And uh, ultimately, uh, I do think that they are going to win long term. So they might not turn it around by the end of the year. 
like what we're really hoping for in this investing challenge. Like I said, I want to outpace the S&P 500. Target might not be the one for that, but I do think longer term, uh, it's a winner. Same thing with CAT. Uh, if we're into a recession, CAT might not be your best pick, but uh, long term, I think they are uh, really got the efficiency dialed in. I think a lot of their business is doing well. And uh, long term, another winner. They've been around for forever, and uh, I think that they will continue to do well. And then we got CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike is going to be uh, that online security, and they're really going to help their customers, um, which is going to be companies that consumers are going to buy from or you put their uh, information in on. They're going to keep us safe, uh, and they're going to keep those websites and those companies safe. So that should certainly help. Uh, going forward, I do think they are very strong in their uh, in their field, and also they're they're very high in demand right now. All these web security type companies are in a, a high demand right now. Uh, SoFi Bank, we talked about them last time. Uh, they've got uh, some some different problems they ran into with the uh, the government doing um, or delaying the student loan repayment and even some of the uh, forgiveness that they've done on student loans. But I think do think that uh, SoFi will come out on top after they got their bank charter. They have uh, they bought the Galileo product. And uh, if other companies want to issue cards or loans, uh, companies like Robinhood and all are using their Galileo uh, API in order to issue those cards and loans to some of their customers as well. Uh, so I think a lot of them have a, a bright future ahead of them. Uh, some have been around for forever, and we've got two companies that are a little bit newer. But uh, ultimately, I do think that all of them have a bright future. Some of them are definitely in a good spot to buy, in my opinion, with uh, some of the, the PEs being much lower. And uh, they've, they've sold off on a lot of bad news. So I think a lot of that bad news is now baked in. And uh, ultimately, we should see a, uh, a solid future for some of these companies. I mean, yeah, Target's at a 12.3 PE. Abbott, let's take a look there. They are probably higher. Yeah, at a 24, but um, I'm not exactly sure on where they have been trading. And then Caterpillar at a 14.5. So that one is certainly uh, a, probably a bit lower than where they normally trade. I, I've seen them more in that 18, 19 range. That's kind of where I'm remembering them. I'm sure I could look it up and get an exact number for you. But uh, five solid choices for this week, uh, and that's kind of my reasons why uh, they've, they've all sold off uh, based on either some tech crash or some uh, some problems with the immediate business that they're in or even recession fear. So if you could go over there, get your votes in, I would appreciate that uh, very much. And uh, with that being said, that's all I got for you guys this week. So um, get out there, get invested, get your money ready, sharpen that pencil, uh, be ready to buy. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. If we do see some recession talks, I want to be able to take advantage of some of those uh, opportunities that are out there. But with that being said, I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook.
This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.